Lightning Strikes Thrice as part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network, please check out our Patreon page and consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Final Fantasy 13 series game club podcast. This is episode two, covering the prologue and chapter one of Final Fantasy 13 2, and I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is Matt Marcus. This is Graham Marcuson. Fletcher. I'm different. Okay. <laughs> So we start the we start the uh, game with a uh, cutscene, right? And Lightning now lives in a city outside of time, Valhalla. On its watery shores, a man named Caius lays his loved one to rest. Lightning and Caius fight, and Caius summons Chaos Bahamut. Lightning summons Odin and fights from horseback. Yeah, and uh, time to a thirteen reference is like five seconds because there's like these like energy reels along the entire city is the only thing that makes it look like sort of techno future and it flashes the number 13 i think Valhalla looks really cool it looks demon souls as fuck to me i found out later uh that it was you know referencing uh havana cuba or i believe it was havana hmm. cuba and i don't really see it but to me this looks really like uh Boletaria. I think when I think what you're identifying is that it has any architectural style at all, which is unusual for a video game and seemingly unique to Souls. I, I guess. Because most environments are just, here's a box, but this mm-hmm. actually looks like a cohesive style across different buildings, right? Yeah. And, and like, I think Souls it's also like, that. I also think it's the color filter. There's something about the color, like the greenish gray color filter that makes it look drab mm-hmm. in a way that feels Soulsy, especially like early Soulsy. Also, Lightning's outfit is absolutely ridiculous uh because it's like it's real goofy yeah it's this weird you know valkyrie-esque thing like it's not really she's not really wearing boob armor but like her like ribs are exposed and she's wearing basically like a bikini bottom but also happens to have like leg plating over it it's just really fan servicey in a way that the original design was not i actually like it quite a bit actually she looks very paladinic no. I mean it looks like it's cool, like it's anime cool, but it's not it, fucking it's, a thing that's never been said. You know, a lot of the, the designs in this game are just they look they sexed it up quite a bit. Where you have I'll agree on that. I still think it looks pretty decent though. Yeah. You have to get sexy with the sequel, otherwise why are people gonna come back? Well, I mean like you want sexy? What about uh emo Jack Sparrow over here? But oh yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Fucking, uh, what's his name? Caius. Uh, yeah, Caius. Uh, wh- whom, by the way, he is voiced by, uh, I believe it's, uh, what, Liam O'Brien? Liam O'Brien. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, Akihiko, or, like, a thousand voices in Naruto. Uh, I recognize his voice immediately. Believe it. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, uh Navarre from, uh, from the recent SMT games. Okay, what's really gonna distract me the entire time 
is I recently listened to a podcast about Carl Panzeram, and they did a voice while reading anything he wrote that sounds exactly like Caius, and all I can think of is Carl Panzeram now. <laughs> Every time Caius speaks, like, the greatest monster that ever walked the earth, Caius Ballad. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he also, he's, like, wielding this, like, Big fuck off, like soul no. edge, like sword. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I have. It has the <laughs> fucking soul caliber sword. <laughs> yeah, and he's like calling out his moves like it's fucking DBZ. Like uh, you know, he's saying shit like "husk of a wandering comet" and shit like that. Like he's calling like his moves has names. Like this is completely unlike what we saw in the last game in terms of just tone and tenor right out the gate. Oh, just immediately. Just the first five seconds. Let's retcon the end of the last game and check mm. out our fucking OC. <laughs> also, fucking just Yule dissolves in the water for some reason. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know her name yet. We're just going to call her Time Waifu every time she comes up. Time and fucking just Caius. She never wanted life. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's turned up to 11 pretty much all the time. Oh, my God. But how can he be turned up all the time when he's at the end of time? What? No. <laughs> no. That's that's not how that works. You can't come back to our <laughs> podcast, Fletcher. I'm sorry. <laughs> this isn't going to work Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, they're going to milk the shit out of this one cinematic. You're going to see it probably, like, I don't know. I, I'm like 10 hours into the game. I've seen it three times. Oh my god, dude, it's so many times. And it and that doesn't count like the, the attract mode, which is the same thing, but without the dialogue. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, this fight is going on for the entire game. Yeah, that's true. Uh, QTEs forever. For eternity. Yeah, but the whole game also takes place over like a course of a real-time hour. Yeah. yeah. Time is weird. Time is timey-wimey. <laughs> Alright, so this battle with uh, Chaos Bahamut is the tutorial battle. And it's very hard to lose. You're riding on horseback, and and the auto battle will also heal you if your health gets low. I mean, the thing is, this looks really cool, because before, yeah. we never had, like, dynamic battle scenes. I mean, and, like, functionally, it's the same as all of the other fights that we did in 13 but the fact that it's you know it's on a dutch angle and there's you know things moving and then you you end up going into the sky and you continue the fight like it's extremely cinematic it's so much like final fantasy 13 that the auto battle is awful why would i want to <laughs> use lightning strikes twice for 800 each time instead of sniping for 500 six times yeah because probably the animation on the other one looks cooler who cares? In the fucking in the fucking <laughs> prologue, auto battle having your damage all the time because it looks good. Mm-hmm. Now, is this uh, is this first fight the one that's from horseback? Basically, lightning is riding on her horse, Odin. Yep, and yep, okay. yep. Odin's back. It has like oh, a yeah. really it has a really sick theme. I believe it's mm-hmm. called Night of the Goddess. It's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, the whole intro is pretty high energy, like musically speaking. Oh uh, yeah, do we get the live trigger yet? Um, not yet. No, that's a little later. But okay. like, first of all, like we, we've got to mention, uh, rip the Shiva sisters. Like, yeah, they they're got like fucking fucked up they're, real hard. Also, they're red. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, they're they're red. <laughs> yeah, maybe they weren't the Shiva sisters. Maybe they're like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So after uh, you, so you fight on the ground, then you fight in the air, and then you end up in a part where 
you get these cinematic action sequences. And uh, these are QTEs, quick time events. They caught me by surprise. I didn't know they would be there, but you're going to see these throughout the game. They're very generous in terms of time for the most part. And the thing that got me about them when they first showed up is that they show the damage numbers pop up like in the scene, <laughs> like superimposed. Yeah. And it's just like, what the hell was that? Like, it, it really caught me by surprise. So here's what got me the first. So I did this entire intro like five times. Really? Not by choice. <laughs> but uh, because it turns out that after you finish the prologue of the PC version, if you have Steam Cloud Save enabled, the game just crashes. Oh, no. And the first time I'm like, oh, okay, that was weird. But then I had to do the whole thing again. And the second time, I was like, oh, no. But this is this is the first voluntary reset, where it turns out these QTEs were very hard to do because there's a separate settings option for QTE input icon. So I'm mm-hmm. playing with a controller, and then it says, press E, and I'm like, what the fuck is E? <laughs> so we just immediately had to restart for these fucking QTE labels. Which, uh, honestly, I don't know if they... Do they matter? Do you get a game over if you don't get them for this first one? I don't... Oh fucking no. No, you you can never instantly fail a match due to them. They just give you giant damage boosts and oh. items actually. Yeah. That makes for, for that makes ones. me uh feel a little bit better about them because like when this game first came out, I didn't have any trouble with the QTEs, but I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of people are complaining that uh if you fail them, like you just get a game over. And I never had that happen to me, but I hated it from afar. I had second-hand hatred for it. But if that's mm-hmm. true, then that's a lot better. I still don't prefer them. Why would yeah. people hate them? It's like the only time in a JRPG where you have to pay any attention to what's happening. Lol. Eh. No, it, look, all I'm saying is I have played a lot of Realm Grinder while doing battles in Final Fantasy XIII too. They both require the same amount of attention. Hmm. Mm. Fair. Then a boy appears out of Etro's gate named Noel Kreis. Lightning catches him on a flying version of Odin. Another fight with Chaos Bahamut, but it's not anything special. Which, by the way, when he falls out, just one of the worst lines I've heard in a long time, Lightning says, she says, it's the one from the visions. (laughs) I just, oh my god. Like, every time I see a line that clumsy, it just hurts. Also, that does is this when they summon Bahamut again? Like way less Bahamut already less cool the second time. Yeah, yeah, Bahamut's gonna be around. And then, uh-huh, and then they do it again later, where my note just says in all caps, "I'm already bored of Bahamut, and I'm still in the intro." Where are all these Bahamuts coming from? Like, are there multiple Odins? Are there like are there multiple Adolons? Are they like Pokemon? They who knows? No. You know, it's not like that was ever explained what these things are. And by the way, uh, we, we name drop Etro. What's that? <laughs> like the game hasn't explained. Don't worry it to about it, Matt. It's the <laughs> goddess, you know, the one, the one from the vision. No, no, wait, that's the kid. Ah, oh, shit. Etro was technically in the first game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I got like lightly name dropped, but no one cared. <laughs> yeah. Was- we didn't think it was going to be the centerpiece of the rest of the series. No. Fucking, and then the even bigger god next time. I wish fucking. I could care about that. It is really cool when a prequel like foreshadows something without like um putting direct attention on it, but like in order for me to care, I need to care about the story in the first place, and I do not care about the story of Final Fantasy thirteen. 
Right. And also you want to hope that the prequel, sequel, whatever, at least keeps some type of tone and consistency, which, I mean, this game on purpose throws out completely. So, I mean, all bets are off at this point. In retrospect, Final Fantasy thirteen one is the odd duck. Yeah. 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 By a large margin. That's fucking the 60 hour prequel where only the last 20 minutes mattered to the rest of the games. Mm hmm. <sighs> Alright, moving on. Yep. Yeah. Lightning asks Noel to bring her sister Sarah to her. She gives him a Moogle friend, Mog. Mog rules. Uh oh, this is where the, the I there's a note, a line it's so dumb that I wrote it down. Become an arrow through time and speed towards Sarah. Just, no. <laughs> Lightning's lines are pretty bad in this game, to be honest. Uh they get better. Th- this intro is pretty rough. There's a there are a whole lot of trying to sound real cool and it's just trying too hard. But that's every time Lightning speaks at the beginning and the end of every chapter is just like Oh, that too, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to all that. That's eighty oh percent. That's eighty percent of Final Fantasy is what that is. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah. Also, you would hate my playthrough because Lightning is my third slot. Oh no. Ah. Oh, I so, have the better I have the better version of that now where I have the lightning mask, which is quite possibly the dumbest accessory of all time. Oh, I have lightning wearing the lightning mask. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys get the lightning mask yet? Yeah, I have it on my uh my Sentinel robot and it's no, you uh, put it, it looks on, real sad. <laughs> it's extra better when you put it on the Zorg Scandroid because it's flat on top of his head, so when he bends over then you see the face. <laughs> Oh, uh, God, that part is, yeah, the the accessorizing is, is a whole lot of fun. But, oh, my uh, God, the Gigantoir is so big when you summon it in battle, it's distractingly large. <laughs> Are you doing Gigantor. it right now? Gigantoir. What? Are you playing it right now? What if I was? Mm. I'm not, though. Yeah, I wish. No. Moogles were referenced in the last game as an item, but you didn't see what they looked like. And uh, this Moogle's real chubby and chibi, and I'm... Not that into it as a design. No. Nobody's um, got the best lore in the game. It's oh, the sh- FF Crystal Chronicles Moogle design. Oh, I didn't. I I never had a GameCube, so I never played the Crystal also, Chronicles Also, they're games. fat in the Amano art. They are yeah, fat. Like, even chubby, the FF6 like, ones are real pudgy. Yeah, I really like the ones from 12, yeah. though. Those are my favorite. Yeah, the 12. <laughs> they're not pudgy and stubby, though, like they are in this one. Yeah, and it like mm. it makes like a like a... I don't know what you call that noise when it moves, just kind of like a squishy noise. <sighs> yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Also, it turns into a bow that is also a sword. It's basically a uh, gun blade, but for a bow. A bow blade, if you will. <sighs> sure. <laughs> I've heard worse. Like I say, Mog is great because he is the only one who has no reason to be here, has no stake in this, and doesn't want to die at all times. Mm-hmm. It's fucking. He has really great lore. Like I do this just in I, the game I'm pl- I was playing right before we recorded. Mog also gold digger. It turns out. Mm-hmm. Like true. Chinese. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah. I, like explicitly money, and he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it when I get it, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that's a Mog is interesting. Definitely mixes mixes things up. I hate every time he talks, but I love him. When we record next week, there's the best Mog moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, right. is, is this the throwing so, Mog moment, or is this something else? Yeah. No. Yeah. This is oh. something better. 
Okay. I, I'm trying to remember what it is. I don't think you guys can see it yet. Okay, I want to hear about it. Let's okay. talk about it next time. All right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we finish out the cutscene. Noel goes through the magic gate, and we uh, start in chapter one and do Bodum 3AF. This is 3 AF. 3 as fuck. New Bodum. It's the dumbest named village in the world, but it's on a shore in Pulse, sort of like the little resort town they kept flashing back to a bunch in FF13 1. You mean Bodum 1? Yeah, the one called Bodum, Bodum. Prime. Yeah. I'm just saying, people aren't <laughs> going to remember the name Bodum if they're like me. They're going to remember, oh god, that friggin' resort town that blew up at the end. Why not? You can't remember that? You can't remember Commander What's-His-Name? Roche? I can actually definitely no. remember him. No! Oh, 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 oh I know. Oh, oh Amadar. The fat oh, squat guy. Amadar. Yeah. Amadar, yeah, there <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah, of course I remember Amadar. He's a DLC character. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, that's right, he is. Yeah. None of my DLC <laughs> appears to be activated because I couldn't play Blackjack and I was very upset. I'm sorry, that means you're going to miss mm. out on the best quest line in the game. I... I need to figure out how to make it work. Mm. Anyhow. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, if you have something. No, I was just going to complain more about the PC version. It turns out that the secret to make the PC version not bad is to download an executable called Final Fantasy XIII 2 Fixer and launch it before you launch the game. And then the game magically isn't garbage anymore. And you're telling well, yes. me I should be playing it on PC instead of console? Enjoy your four-minute load time, Stucko. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You're right, they're, they are very long. Also, the bugged rain looks way better than the regular rain, actually. Uh, also, we get extra costumes. You're right, you're oh. right. I I only got the, the one free costume. So that's fine, I'm not paying any more money for it. Oh no, the mod just inserts all of the console-specific ones. Oh yeah, you know, I know, I know yeah, that. Yeah, dude, the Mass Effect armor is really good. As it's is real Assassin's dumb. Creed, uh, Noel. Yeah, no, no, I've seen the pictures on the wiki. They, they're pretty neat. The only one that's like free on PSN is the one that's like has like military epaulets. It was supposedly designed by a pop star for Sarah. So imagine the fucking shit show that is in a cutscene is fucking Mass Effect to Sarah, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed, Noel, and Skeleton Mog with his dead freaky eyes and rib cage. Yep. Yeah, because all the cutscenes are in Engine Save Three. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's real dumb. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So what happens now that we're in New Bodum? We said the word New Bodum and then immediately got distracted. 
Bodum, bodum, bodum. Anyway, a meteor falls from the sky, and Sarah is dreaming of lightning and the intro. So once again, we see Chaos Bahamut. It has been 10 minutes. Yep. And, uh, oh, first of all, we're calling this chapter one. Uh, everything's actually called episodes in the game, because, like I mentioned in the uh, very first episode for season two, this is based on like a TV show kind of vibe. And uh, you get a full Star Wars crawl with the setup, which I always find amusing. Here's the peek behind the curtain, though. We're morons, so we're going to call it chapter so we can differentiate from a section of the game from an episode of a podcast we need to put out. Yep. Yep. Well, we're going to do that, or maybe it depends okay. on how I label things. Also, <laughs> Sarah is sleeping on top of the blanket. That's not what a blanket is for. Why do you even have a blanket? You live on a beach town. Yeah, it's really warm. She she doesn't want to get under the covers. Some nights might just be a little bit chilly, okay? I think mm-hmm. I what spoilers, it's because animating blankets is more expensive mm-hmm. than not animating blankets. Yeah. But she's also wearing her schoolgirl like outfit from the first and game. Shoes. And she's sleeping in it. And shoes. And also, the clothes change while she's sleeping, right? She wakes up, and or does it happen afterwards? No, it happens when she's sleeping, I think. Or when she's yeah. just about to get up. Yeah, I, I think, Fletch, you called it, she sailor mooned into a new outfit. It's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My one regret is that I couldn't choose the Mass Effect armor before this cutscene of her laying in bed. That would have been <laughs> very funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they ever explain this in the game, but they certainly don't bother to, and... You know, I have a note in all caps here that says so much cleavage and underskirt shots because goddamn this camera loves Sarah, particularly her cleavage and this ridiculous short skirt. Everyone should love Sarah. When Sarah is on screen, they should be asking where Sarah. She's so pure. <sighs> At least she's canonically 19. I'm just going to hold on to that. It's been 18 <laughs> hours and I'm still distracted by the fact she always appears to be looking to the right because her ponytail's off center. <laughs> That's not what happens. <laughs> she turns her head towards NPCs and things of interest. Anyway. No, but just <laughs> running around. <laughs> just running around. I am distracted. I think she's looking at mm. an item Silent Hill 2 style. Yeah. Sometimes she is. I know, but mm-hmm. I can't tell when. <laughs> when something glows. Anyhow, at this point, we have control of our character. Also, did we mention that Sarah is now a school teacher? This brilliant mind is educating the next generation. Meanie Miss Farron. Yep. Mm -hmm. I like that that becomes a plot point later also. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, I think the first thing you got to do is jump, right? It tells you to jump over something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is uh, something you didn't really do in the game. Like, now you can control your jump anywhere and hop around. Whereas before, you just you got to a point where there was a blue circle, and you pressed X, and then you just hopped uh, along to the next section. I have a note here to ask you, because this is the first time I've ever thought about this in my life. How often do you jump, like, once a week in real life? Uh, Pretty regularly. What? Depends on, like, like, jump once a month. Depends on, like, how fast I'm running to the bus in the morning or after work. One second. Yeah, I'm usually jumping downstairs. (laughs) Not, like, parkour level shit, but, like, when I'm running, I'll skip, like, the last step. Yeah, fucking just, it's all you do in this game. And also it makes, just, I like that there are, like, five jump sounds and one of them is very awful. 
Yeah, unfortunately, you cannot patch in the jump sounds from the best JRPG, because I would love it if Sarah was just running around with Neptune sounds. Oh, my God. Like a kangaroo. Uh, yeah. We're never, we're never going to talk about any of those games. <laughs> well, that's too bad. I'll just keep them over in my corner of the internet. Thank God. You're just jealous that you don't have a giant robot. Oh, my God. They're like the worst looking video game I've ever seen. Yeah, but it starts to revel in it. Okay. It basically goes full 13-2, game in. Well, shortly after you gain control of Sarah, uh, you run into something called life triggers. This is new. These are kind of neat, because you can either find out the plot, say one of two things to contextualize who Sarah kind of is, or be an idiot. You always have a (laughs) be an idiot answer, a main plot button, and then two other buttons, which are usually dunk on Noel or support Noel. Yeah, it's interesting because as far as I've seen, the only thing this affects besides, you know, you possibly getting more story is you'll get an item if you pick certain things or there there are some live trigger moments where you have to pick the right one to advance the plot. But for the most part, these are just flavor. Yeah, there's one particularly egregious one of these later in the game where if you are not answering them correctly, you will end up in a boss battle loop. Ooh, that's no good. Yeah, we'll get to that. The live triggers, I I like them. It's just, you know, flavor. Yeah, they're fine. I'm yeah. down. It's fun. It's fun making Sarah doofus. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the Mass Effect armor, you are just straight up doing some Commander Shepard crap. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Did they actually change the live triggers, or is that... No, just no, the it's fact all that in you, engine. the menu looks like it came out of that game with the wheel. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. I've never played Mass Effect. You just gotta pull the camera back 30 feet, tuck it behind Sarah's butt, and you're playing Mass Effect. Don't lie. You know that's true. You know it's true. Yeah, I'm not really arguing. Anyway, Sarah walks outside and there are hell beasties. Uh-huh. So, she's, cause Sarah gets confronted by a monster. She calls out for lightning to save her, and then LeBro does the thing. And LeBro says that lightning is dead, and then she gets attacked, and Noel comes to save Sarah this time. Sarah recognizes Noel from her dreams. He gives her the Moogle weapon, and Sarah's first battle begins. I like that immediately out of the gate. Sarah fucking sucks, and LeBro even says so. <laughs> <laughs> and Noel, Noel has the dumbest-looking sword I've ever seen. Yeah. You say that after a dude was wielding Soul Edge at the end of time? Soul Edge is badass. Soul Edge at least looks like you could hurt a person with it. If only because it's so big. And it's got an eye. Dress up Noel like an assassin, and you will just think of it as his wrist blades. And you know what? That's what we did. (laughs) Uh, Uh, We get into the the first battle. Do you have a note before we get into the battle? Sorry. Yeah, I just, like, the music when you're on the beach is really good. It's really intense. Yeah. And it's, like, the the opening part of this game has so much good music. And I don't remember the soundtrack when we get later into the game. Wait till you hear the chocobo, the uh, the one chocobo theme. You'll oh, know I, the one I'm talking about. Yeah, There's I, three. There are three. Yeah, but you'll know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> is what I. Oh, is this the uh, right. shoot, shooty HG one? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Everyone fucking, knows that one. <laughs> trans, the one that's transplanted from a Devil May Cry game. <laughs> yeah. No. This song. I think it's called uh, "Full Steam Ahead." I'm probably using it for the intro for this season because it is a kick-ass song. It starts off with 
some rock and guitar and then turns into like a showcase for a violin uh, solo and then a guitar solo. It's just it's rad. Some of the music here is it's a I like this soundtrack a lot. I probably said yeah, it already. Yeah, the soundtrack but... is either really good or really bad with yeah. no middle ground. Yeah. And sometimes when it's really bad, it's fun bad. Like, you can kind of... <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. Did you let the Historia Crux run yet? That's fine. You know what? That's okay. That didn't bother no, me. No, it's not. I, yeah. Yeah. It just gets me. worse and worse and worse, and then it's hard the turnaround. back to the beginning. Time and space. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we get into our first battle, and all of the UI looks like shit. Mm. <laughs> It's so big. It's so they had a really good looking UI in the last one. It is, you know, check out this big chunky shit. It looks like we made it in Java using like draw screen. I think you might need to tweak a graphic setting. That's I definitely had them look pretty consistent between one and two. I'm gonna take a screenshot. It is awful. Yeah, show that to me. That might be wrong. Yeah, I it looks fine. Like it definitely looks uh, a little bigger and a little noisier. Like. You mentioned that there's like a wheel, like a circle on the left side of the battle screen on the lower left, where it shows like the style of paradigm it is, whether or not it's like normal, wide or cross. But other yeah, than and that, you have yeah. paradigms right away and can use mm-hmm. them right away. Right. Except it doesn't tell you you can use them right away unless you go to a specific battle that tells you, oh, we're allowing you to switch paradigms now. So I actually fought the first four battles not knowing I was allowed to switch paradigms yet. And I'm like, this sucks and I'm getting three stars. I don't get it. <laughs> I have an interesting observation here, right? Mm-hmm. So we win this battle and our goal is to kill all the dudes on the beach. But on the beach is Nora, mm-hmm. seeming like they feel responsible for these civilians as though they're an authority and they're obligated to save these civilians. How the mighty have fallen. Yep, Nora is back, baby, and uh, actually being slightly competent. Mm. Also, you see a black person. There's actually a black person in this video game. It's just a rando guy. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was kind of a big one in the last game, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, but he was, was the, the only, only one. one. <laughs> now there's at least two. That's not true. He had a son. Okay, one family. No, I, I, I noticed that as well. Also, I have another note that's in all caps here that says, this ATB gauge is so slow, what the fuck? Well, Matt making all of the worst decisions every time he levels up. Right, right, right. It's not even the word. There's just one in the the important one is pick <laughs> ATB right away. Otherwise, you're fucked for a while. Yeah, you're going to have three when you first start and you're just looking at this thing and it's crawling. Like It is so slow when you start this game. I can't believe we never noticed that it just went faster when you got more ATB in the last game. It takes a while between bars in the last game. So, yeah, I think it happens so gradually when you get that extra ATB that you don't really notice it. You just, because you're thinking about more things by the time it is speeding up. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. you, they give you, yeah, that game, the game is fucking, it's paced so bad. Everything about the game is paced poorly. Even I'm not going to argue. Right. That. Especially going from like the end when you have like six ATB gauges and the thing is really, really fast to you're having three. And I feel like it's got so much time. I could like, individually pick every single action and then have time to spare to think about it. Even when you're full up here, this game, like the ATB runs slower than it does in 13. Like it's just a slower paced game. That's what I thought. And I thought at first that what it was trying to do, it was trying to give you more time so that you had the ability to pick your moves more carefully than you could in 13. Cause in 13, 
you know, I mentioned I tended to lean on the auto battle because things happen so fast. If I hesitated or I like mismenued, I would lose a lot of time or I would get interrupted or something bad would happen. And in this game, I thought at first, oh, they're hitting the reset button. Maybe now I have more time to pick and choose. And it just turns out, well, yes, but also it's just slow. That's why you have high intensity action sequences in the middle of fights. Mm -hmm. After eliminating all the monsters, Godot gathers up some volunteers to head over to where the meteorite fell. Uh, I really like this part because um, it has really good atmosphere. You know, you got the music, it's nighttime, the moon is shining down on everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's something really cool about just running around and fighting monsters, but also like being nearby people and talking to them. Right. I really like it when games mix the idea of a dungeon and a town. And although this game doesn't do a lot of that, this part in particular does it pretty well. I just want to point out here that I really like the... Uh... Oh, you know what? I'm like five seconds ahead, but whatever. Uh, we're about to get the Mog Clock tutorial, right? And I love the Mog Clock tutorial and the preemptive strike mechanic so much better than 13. Because in 13, you get a preemptive strike and you just basically automatically win the encounter. Mm-hmm. And here you just get a huge advantage and it makes everything more interesting. And also, like in 13, if you wanted to avoid a battle, you would just have to get into the battle and then hit retry. And here you can just fucking peace out. Yeah, I I have a response to that. I don't really like that I can't prepare the paradigms going into a battle. I feel like this was a regression to random battles again. I mean, for the most part, it's fine. But, like, my first reaction was, oh, man. You see them before you go into the battle. You could just press Y when they show up. Sometimes they jump on you. Sometimes you don't have time to... You have to pause the game and then, you know, make sure you can see the enemy. Sometimes they warp up behind you and you have to swing the camera around. There's one specific area that's egregious, and I don't know if you've gotten there yet. Which one is it? Academia. Oh, yeah, I got to Academia. Oh, okay. 400? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. They're all the same guy. Yeah, but they all spawn in tiny corridors with no room to maneuver. Oh, it's fine. You just fucking... Okay, the one is really egregious because there's the the area upstairs where there's an enemy on the other side of the balcony. And the walkways are close enough together that it always triggers the mog clock, but you cannot get far enough away due to the layout. So every Mm -hmm. time you go through there, you're guaranteed to fight an encounter. That's exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. That one spot upstairs with two walkways just made me want to kill myself. It was so bad. And I never figured out how to, I don't know how to get around to that guy. I want to kill that guy, but I never figured out how to get up there. I mean, that's that's kind of one of the weaknesses that the geometry can sometimes screw you over. Then you end up into one of those, like, you can't retry or run away fights, which are usually not a I would, problem. I but. would still rather have that with encounters that are generally easy instead of encounters that you either automatically win or sometimes they go on for four minutes. That's fair. That's fair. Like, it's just really you don't have to prepare your paradigms. The paradigm for the game is relentless assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the one benefit to this system is that, you know, it can happen in places where you wouldn't expect it. Like you're getting into battles here where there's people around. And I always I found that jarring when I first noticed it, because, I mean, Graham mentioned you mentioned that you like that there is more of a blur between town and dungeon, which I don't like as much. You know, for me, I like it to be like I know where I'm when I'm safe and I know when I'm not safe. 
But then again, like, you know, it keeps things dynamic and it, they're pretty easy to run away from for the most part. If you want to not fight, you can. And also, like, different classes of NPC will react to monsters differently, right? Yeah, like, regular cool. civvies are running from the monsters. Nora pulls out their guns and starts shooting. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that part Later is Later on, nerds are going to start studying them. Yeah. You get mm. more out of it, I think, than you lose. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Noel explained some things to Sarah, including how he met Lightning. Noel believed he arrived on the meteorite and they head over to check it out. In narration, Sarah explains that she believes Lightning survived the fall of Cocoon, but to everyone else, Lightning was turned into the crystal pillar that holds up Cocoon. No one believes her. I want to point out this basically makes Sarah the weird Alex Jones truther of this world's (laughs) 9-11. Yeah. I, I guess that makes the uh, Fang Vanille ship Polly now, according to this uh, new fanfic. <laughs> uh, not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Just because I know a cutscene coming later. Ah, okay. All right. I'll, I'll bookmark that comment for later. Yeah, feel free. We will get there when they make their one appearance in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that they weren't really present. They show up again in returns. I do know that. Everyone returns. Well, I mean, it's in the name. Yeah, the game is called Lightning Returns, but kind of everyone returns. It's pretty sick. That's just dishonest. Oh my god, (laughs) Vanille is so bad in that game. Surprise. Again, Vanille stays in character by being the worst character in the game. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I'm not sure who I would put as worst character. Really? I mean, well, Snow. Snow's pretty bad. Snow's, no, Snow's really good in the Lightning Returns. Fuck you. Oh, I, I, will I, say I haven't played Lightning Returns. <laughs> snow, the Snow Lightning Sarah Triangle works for me because I am the older sibling of a younger sister who has definitely dated like 15 Snows who were closer to my age than hers. And I definitely had that very, oh my God, I hate you because I see so much of myself in your shitty deadbeat self. Did any of them have the 13 2 Snow haircut, which is incredible? No, mm-hmm. and neither was the one of them mm-hmm. the guy who's going around from the porno who has the snow lasib tattoo. Oh, that's a that's... thing. Oh, did you not see that thing where no. someone took a screenshot of a gay porno and the guy has a heartless brand on his side of his arm? Oh! <laughs> on his other bicep, he has oh snow's lasib brand. Uh... My penis would re- like retract into my pelvis if I saw that. Uh, no, I, I, this is the first I'm hearing of it and, uh, pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Cause this guy obviously is just a giant nerd and yet is also buff as hell and making it. Mm hmm. Good for him. So good on him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's working with, uh, what he's got. Godspeed gay porno weeaboo. Speaking of, uh, working what you got after this bit, you can talk to, uh, a couple of the characters lying around. 
you can talk to Yuge, and uh, he, of course, Yuge, the one thing we know about him is that he's into fashion. And he uh, asked Sarah, where did she uh, get those threads? And she's like, I don't know, but you, know, you have an option you can pick to say, like, why don't you try it on? Which I thought was pretty funny. Yuge is way less annoying in this game. Basically, all of Nora isn't awful anymore, except for Godot, who's still the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. Godot's pretty, pretty rough. So what you're saying is you're waiting for Godot to improve? Yep. Okay. Yep. Sure. <laughs> you can actually approach him on the cliffs, and there's a live trigger. And what I picked for this uh, live trigger is Noel steps up to Godot, and Godot gets old, nervous, and he runs away. Oh, that's pretty good. Noel calls Godot a tool, and it's <laughs> like it's the weirdest thing, but it's also I kind of like it. Noel's interesting because he mixes things up in a way that. I don't know, like, what what are y'all's opinion on Noel? Because I think usually he could be a little snooty or he could be a little emo, but, like, a lot of the time he's just, like, real sarcastic, like, a, I don't know, like a proto-joker sometimes. Here is why Noel is such a weird thing in this game. He feels like he came straight out of Kingdom Hearts. He looks it, too. Honestly. Why is Noel so good at conversational dunking when you're the last human alive? <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of time to think about his comebacks. That's probably what fuck it. What? Why has it? I wish. What? I want the game where Noel was the last human alive for so long. His ability to speak just devolved into a bunch of grunting and pointing. <laughs> okay, wait. I just figured out how that works. You know why he has all the witty one-liners and comebacks? No, tell me. Because being at the end of time, he had access to all of human media, and he stole every joke from every future comedian ever. There was finally time. (laughs) He's the ultra Dane Cook, is what I'm hearing. Yes, except he's Dane Cook if he were Booster Gold and getting away with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really torn on Noel. Oh, yeah? I think I like Noel overall. Like, I like Noel's character, but I hate everything that he says. See, I'm like, I like when he says things to, like, I don't know, get people off guard or to, like, you know, it kind of, he kind of breaks some of the rules of JRPG dialogue in a way. Like, he reads a little fresher, but then he gets real emotional and melodramatic, and that's when that's I don't like saying. him. He's really uneven. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. why I say yeah. he's he's straight out of Kingdom Hearts, where they have a whole different style of cutscene and interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts, so... Oh my god, I, just I never know noticed that. Like. <laughs> Imagine if Donald and Goofy just talked like regular JRPG characters. Uh, they kind of do at the start of the first game. I know, but just... Oh god, no, fucking... Alright, <sighs> are, we, are we getting so, to the meteorite? <laughs> so... Noel and Sarah, that like, well, so this is just, I'm just going to say this, right? Noel and Sarah, you're wandering around through some cliffs, you're going to the meteor. Noel tells Sarah that he's from another world, and she doesn't believe him, even though you watched him fall out of the sky. <laughs> she was asleep, she didn't watch shit. No! No, no, when so, Noel shows up, that happens, like, in the middle of the fight. Yeah, she was already up, because LeBron had already saved her. She literally watched him fall out of the sky... Give her a Moogle bow, and then he says, I'm from the future. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> I would totally be skeptical of that. Fuck you it. don't. 
Yeah, it's way more realistic that you just appeared in the air like 300 feet up and were fine. Mm -hmm. She didn't know it was 300 feet. Could have been jumped off a roof. Did she actually see him fall? He comes from over the water! (laughs) (laughs) And it's also like, this is a small town. And she's like the school teacher. She should know everybody in town. And everybody seems to know her. She doesn't recognize the guy. So he had to come from somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, did we mention that uh, Snow's not here? Like, at all? No, no one has mentioned that yet. I was going to put it in at yeah. the end if nobody did. Right. Well, we don't we don't know that until we uh, do the boss and then we get to run around the town. Yeah, okay. Let's, they, uh, they have kind of mentioned that Snow's out. Yeah, he's definitely... He's out for cigarettes. He's definitely uh, Basically, yeah, he does just walk out for smokes and never returns, and everyone's kind of wondering. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we finish walking through the tutorial area and a boss pops out. Fucking blowing the good biblical name early, fighting Gog Magog. Gog Magog? This dude rules. He rules so much, you fight him three times in the first two hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, this Sentinel tutorial is way better than the one in 13, because mm-hmm. the one in 13, they give you a medic, and you could just completely ignore the need for the Sentinel. But in mm-hmm. this one, you just get dunked if you don't do it. Yeah, you don't have a medic. And it just straight up tells you when he winds up, switch to a dual sentinel to mitigate your damage. And you do that and you're fine. Maybe you throw a potion just because. But. Yeah, and you get a fragment from killing this guy, which I'm excited about. Because it's instead of just your data log was updated. It's like, here's this one specific data log. Mm-hmm. Also, I have it all caps because I'm very excited. They fixed the uh, the monster like Libra resolution bug with the text. Nice. Oh, that's good. It's like a whole new game. I can read stuff. Uh, yeah, I think your computer might be cursed. I definitely don't remember seeing that in 13. Uh, in 13, it was if your resolution was like a multiple of 1080. In the uh, Libra screen, the bottom box is empty. Huh. Okay. So like all of the Eidolon fights really just meant Google it. <laughs> I mean, okay. probably already were Googling it even before then, but <laughs> or even without that. Oh. The impact crater looks awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a note about that. I don't know why I thought it looked awesome. I just wrote it looked awesome. Get ready to see it five more times. Yep. yep. So after the battle, Noel spills the beans. Not only is he from another timeline, but during his time, Cocoon fell, and that happened 700 years before he was born. So... Completely, again, undoing the ending of 13, just like, you know, having lightning disappear. Afterwards, the meteorite turns into a portal, and Sarah finds out that she can use the portal to find lightning and travel through time, but she needs things called artifacts, which we just got one after the boss battle. These artifacts are things that are, well, you can call it anachronistic, or it's just something that doesn't belong in the time that it's in. So what it really is, is it's just a weird shaped crystal all the time, every time. Right. Plot keys. Yeah. Plot they keys. drop that shit immediately and they're just, here's a weird crystal. Right. And I mean, it is technically from another time. Uh, the, that's interesting, but it doesn't, you know, it's not like. Are you trying to pedant me about how crystals are formed right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hilariously, okay. uh, I mean, later on, you're going to start creating time paradoxes to get some of these artifacts. Mm, interesting. I'm so angry about the hands of time. I'm not. <laughs> I said creating, not solving. 
you are specifically going to start carrying things from doomed timelines to other ones and then getting rewarded for it. Yeah. <laughs> you get some more interesting stuff out of Noel, too. Like, his grandmother was only, like, 50 years old before she died, and, like, that was, like, a normal lifespan, which is a huge bummer. It's a good, it's a nice detail. It's a smart detail. You get to, think about how re- early you get to retire. Social Security must be so stable. They're only taken out of it for, like, five years. Yeah, because there's, like, hmm. two of them left. <laughs> yeah, think about it. It's really easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's the dream. Keep government small. Think about how small that government is. <laughs> the government is Noel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, wait. So so Noel is the man. Yeah. Noel is the man. Mm. He's the man now, dog. Well, <sighs> delete that. <laughs> no, no, I refuse. <laughs> you will have to live with your shame. The the next morning, Sarah heads out to search for artifacts. Wearing the same clothing, by the way. She didn't even bother to try to change. Fucking so dirty. (laughs) Yeah, she is. Speaking Mm. of clothes, uh, Noel's clothes are pretty weird. Like, obviously they are, but they also look really comfortable. It also looks like he's wearing a concert t-shirt. Yeah, he he looks pretty hippie-ish, but like a very specific Final Fantasy type of hippie. Battle hippie. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at his pants, like, there are no belt loops. It looks like a sack that he just, like, cinched around his waist with a belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the music for this place, New Bodum, pretty good. It's actually one of my favorite themes of this game, mm-hmm. is the New yeah, Bodum. Yeah, really good. Yeah, the regular and the aggressive mix are both very good. I will be using both of them, I'm sure, in this episode. I got good news, boys. The knife is back! The knife is back! Knife chat returns. Sarah finds Lightning's knife and has a flashback to when she saw Snow again after Cocoon was saved. Gotta use the other CG cutscene we paid for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hope pans Sarah Lightning's knife and she's told that Lightning is in the Crystal Pillar along with Fang and Vanille. As you're walking around and everything, you can talk to NPCs like you usually can, but I do like that they have NPC icons, like Mm -hmm. talking icons. It's just a nice detail. Yeah. It's something about that, uh, you know, I have a note from that cutscene. Did you guys look at Saz's face when Sarah starts looking all sad? My comment right here is, Sarah, you're bumming out Saz in all caps. And it's like, go watch that again and look at Saz's face. He is fucking crushed. It is hilarious. So while you're hunting for an artifact, you chase the world's ugliest cat. For, like, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. the cat is apparently named Snow. Like, why? Yeah, that's real dumb. Don't name pets after your uh, missing fiancés. No, after a person <laughs> who lives in your house! <laughs> yeah. It'd be like if I named my daughter Wife. Who are you talking Ooh. to? Yeah, that's that's the one part of confusion right there. It's just who you're talking to. Oh. That's it. <laughs> if you look around the garden, Noel will also mention that he comes from a very dead world and he has to go roaming around for miles to find anything to hunt. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. just a random uh, bit of detail that they throw in here. Yeah, there's a lot of random. Oh, you know what? It's interesting here. You know, we mentioned in the first game that you get random incidental dialogue between characters when they're just running around on the field. And this time in this game, that still happens. but. 
now it's way more plot relevant, which means when it gets cut off because of, you know, random battles. Battles or just actual dialogue. It's actually kind of a bummer because you actually miss out on actual character and uh, plot work. Well, you can also talk to whoever you're not controlling mm-hmm. occasionally. Yeah. And le- just learn more about the plot. Yeah. I mean, they stuffed a lot of extra stuff in here. No, it's great. And a lot less of it is superfluous or just, you know, unnecessary flavor or character. Like, it all seems pretty solid. You mean that 50% of the lines aren't some variation on, I'm going to go check out what's up ahead? Yeah. No, it's, it's not like that at all. Which, Which is like half of the dialogue in 13. Oh, yeah. Like, Here's the I problem. Actually, yeah. All of that extra dialogue is going to come back to haunt you in a big way later. Oh, good. So fun. Talking to the children on the beach will reveal that Sarah is a teacher and a mean one at that. It leads into another artifact hunt with Sarah chasing one of her students up the cliffs. The student took Snow's necklace, which Snow gave to Sarah before he departed to find lightning. By the way, I love this for uh, multiple reasons. First of all, this conversation with Snow and Sarah saying, hey, I'm going to go try to find your hot sister. Here, hold my engagement necklace for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also... Um, He's on a walkabout. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be gone for a few years. I just wanted to make sure I didn't get into any misunderstandings, you know? Um, <laughs> but also, the the kid... You can really good cop, bad cop this kid during the live trigger. It's really funny just how, like, on and off it goes, like, how extreme it's. I guess you could say it's like L.A. Noir <laughs> kind of a kind of a situation. Always doubt. But also the kid, like, he gives the necklace up and then he looks like he turns around and just jumps to his death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I have a note about jumping to my death in the chapter that I'm playing right now where all of these baby <laughs> flans just jump off cliffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, the kid, like, just jumped down the cliff, but, like, given the camera angle, you just don't see him land, so you just assume he, he just, uh, seppuku'd out of shame. There's a lot of NPCs jumping to their death. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Later in the game, you're going to get the ability to start hovering and flying, so gravity doesn't mean anything anymore. I'm so excited about these fragment abilities that I missed my first playthrough. Huh. Fuck it, I saw one was named Anti-Grav Jump, which is like, so exciting. Yep. <laughs> and I already know what I want it for. It does exactly what you think. Is it just me or is it weird that there's platforming in this game? Like it's actual weird. platforming. It's kind of No, okay. it's good. Okay, speaking of jumping to your death, in the Sunleth Waterscape, you know where you have the vines that you swing on? Yeah. Yeah. If your CPU runs very fast, all the physics are CPU calculated. So you don't (laughs) jump and grab the next one. You just see Sarah fail to catch the next one, fall to her death, and then magically appear at the end of the thing. (laughs) Can you take a video of that? It's very good. Can you you take a video of that and put it on YouTube? Because I I want to put it in the show notes. (laughs) It's very funny. For for that episode, I want to put that in the show notes. Uh, Like, Sarah is known as Mean Mrs. Farron. Like it's not really elaborate. It's not elaborate a whole lot what she does to like earn that title. Does she like toss kids into the ocean when they get bad grades or something? You know, she she oh wait, hold on. Did we we skip the part where did they explain that uh Sarah just has magic? Maybe she like oh, threatens yeah, them no, with magic. It, that's in the artifact. People just learned magic. Right. I mean, like, it makes kinda a little bit of sense for Sarah because she was a Lassie, right? And Lassie are the ones who could use magic. And then she became uncrystallized. Yeah, everybody just f- has fucking magic now. Well, no, Don't no, worry just, about just it. Just certain people have magic. 
uh, Lebro says something like, some people just learn magic like Sarah. And I thought that was, I mean, obviously it's a retcon, but, you know, I thought at least for Sarah, she was a Lassie. Lassie used magic. She became uncrystallized and she could still use magic. That makes sense to me. But maybe she was threatening her kids with magic. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to Faraga your ass if you, okay. <laughs> if you give me late homework I have a again. better one. <laughs> I got two points on that. So first. first of all, you get a data log that just says kids know magic now. Ugh. So like people born, just a bunch of them know magic. That, Imagine a shitty teen who can egg your house with like hail from his palm. Yeah, that's really bad. Like, okay, and later on in the game, we find out Sarah's a meanie because she screams so hard. She bullies a hundred flans into jumping off a cliff. Okay, I have a better idea as to how she got the reputation as mean Mrs. Farron. We know she has the knife from Hope. I uh, like to imagine that sometimes she just goes into... Did you ever have an old Vietnam vet teacher? Yeah! I like to imagine sometimes she just sticks this knife in the desk and starts going, Listen here, you little shits, and does the whole spiel. Iris <laughs> talked about liking to sit in a lawn chair on his porch and shoot gophers with an, like a high-powered rifle. Mine would sit down and he was covered in like skin cancer, so he was just always going, He was sitting down in pain, and he if he stood up and roared, you ran. I liked ours because he was like a liver spot with a face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. Speaking of liver spots, we're back at Sarah's house. Uh, yeah, well, also, like... Where no, well, Amir appeared so she can check him out. Well, there's also, like, Noel is really fucking cold to Sarah about her not going with Snow to go find her sister. It's a real cold line. He's like, why didn't you go with him? And she's like, I... I, I uh... <laughs> because the kids, I think, is her reason. Probably. For what it's worth, I give Noel credit. He hears she's married, and he never tries to hit that. Yeah, there's a little bit of flirting that happens, but it's clear that, like, you know, his waifu is in another timeline. Well, there's a little bit of yeah. flirting, but, you know, that's how you pass the time when you're, like, running over centuries on a horrible loop. Yeah. You know, for a guy who has seen very few women in his life, uh, he's got pretty good self-control. Yeah. yeah. Okay. His the only women he's ever known are his grandmother and some lady who dies and an identical version of her is born every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't be healthy. <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. You know, in that conversation where Sarah is talking about like Snow leaving to go find lightning, she's very like uh uh how do I put this? She calls him a hero and praises him like that further. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the feeling that Sarah is an enabler. Like, the reason why Snow is such, like, a oh, yeah. shonen hero protagonist is because Sarah enables him. Which is funny because, you know, we'll get to when they uh, we, we see Snow, but, like, that seems to also not be working for her so well either. So <laughs> Sarah is, like, the weakest-willed human who's ever lived. Every other cutscene is Sarah needing to have her will to do the task reaffirmed. Yeah, she second guesses herself a lot. But I mean, I think that like you you don't see a whole lot of that happening in this chapter or episode. But I, I think she shows way more growth than like you saw a lot of characters last season, last game. I feel like her arc is given time to actually breathe, whereas everybody else has happened in a very short span of time and then stopped halfway through the game. 
All I'm going to say is whenever you see a terrible romance in anime, just think of the amazing words of Prince and Damium from Sailor Moon. There's garbage for every trash pile. Amen. <laughs> so, mirror, house, artifact. Yeah, I can't believe you ruined my incredible seg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's I, so seamless. I, I'm sorry I shat on your seg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Here's the bullshit. We go back to Sarah's house. There's a mirror now, and an artifact comes out of the mirror. Ta-da. Yay. <laughs> so they're like, great. We have the key now to go activate the portal in the meteor and uh, go, I don't know, swim through the Matrix or whatever. Why didn't and she have a mirror before? Who doesn't have a mirror? I mean, when you look this good, you don't need a mirror. I didn't for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking... <laughs> Whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so you, when you sleep in the same outfit every day, you're always ready to go. <laughs> exactly. She even has her hair did, you know, in the ponytail. So they head back to the meteorite portal and they get attacked again by Gogmagog. And it's the same yep. fight. And you kill it again. Yep, you kill it again. I, I don't. Is this any different at all other than maybe? No, nope. I don't think. I think maybe it's like, a, I think maybe it's. Attack procedure is a little different. Which, by the but, way, we didn't describe what uh, what Gogmagog looks like, which is this creepy humanoid guy who's like got like a sh- like a shoulder and his head. Frankensteinian. Yeah, Frankensteinian. He, he looks like Voldo. Yeah, he yeah, does. With a nail yeah. through his head. It's half a Voldo sticking out of a portal, one arm coming through. Right. And yeah, it's a giant half Voldo with a nail in his face mm-hmm. through his eye, I think, right? Yes. Something like that. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It looks very different than things we saw last game. If you think reusing this boss fight two times in about an hour is bad, wait, wait until you, you get... No, no, no. Wait until you see the palette swap version where the other arm and eye are pierced. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the one in Brescia Ruins? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you fucking fight. fight it again, but it's... <laughs> Uh, but it does something different at least it's not like this this one it's the same fight you just might be slightly stronger it doesn't do anything different it's the same fight no like the other one like uh it casts uh doesn't it uh debuff you and uh it has like another couple aoe attacks that are pretty big yeah Yeah, it does yes okay So it's also, Gogmagog will return after that. It's not called Gogmagog oh the third time, too. It's called something else. No, the Gogmagog is the third time called Gogmagog. Really? I, I'm saying, this oh. one comes back. Oh, so there are four. <laughs> <laughs> there are four Gogmagogs, only one of which is a reverse Gogmagog. Oh, my God. Anyway, I mean, and also, like, because of the way this, this game works, like, you can redo all of these fights. So you can fight Gogmagog all night long if you want. I accidentally closed the first portal immediately <laughs> and could not figure out how to open it. So I fought more Gog Magogs. Well, dude, I did the same oh, thing. No. I, I redid uh, Awerba. Yeah, but luckily I had already been an idiot and told you you could just reopen it from the menu. Yeah, that I did, and I was happier. I loved re Gog Magog 009. <laughs> it's a terrible pun. Yeah. Mm. So they go to the portal, which, by the way, uh, there's also a Chocobo now. Chocobo's just hanging around. And then you, you can't mog scan, and if you try to push the mog scan button, you get off your Chocobo, and you run out of all of your Gasol greens immediately because you're an idiot. Oh, no. that's <laughs> the, I do that all the time because, like, you go up to the gate, and 
the trigger, like you have to move the camera so that it's looking at the gate and not the chocobo in a way. Like it's a little finicky. So there are times when, yeah, I jump back on the chocobo, use a Gishel greens or whatever they're called, and then hop off and like, God damn it. That's like, you know, 300 gil. I got to go to the right place in time to buy it again. Fuck. Kind of frustrating. But um, they get warped to the Historia Crux, a timelight transport space. And this is the way uh, Noel traveled through time is through the Historia Crux, which we mentioned in the first episode. All right. So now that we see what it looks like on the inside for episode three, just imagine thousands of flans flying through space just (laughs) like this. Right. And on the on the other end, you see a mouth. You see teeth. From the yeah, just imagine that. That's incredible. <laughs> oh yep. god, that's so good. With their fucking soulless eyes just rotating mm-hmm. through the void. Right. Oh, I forgot. Sounds pretty frightening. I forgot one last thing is, you know, there was a little mini quest point where you have to run around the town and grab items that are somehow missing from your house, like the knife. And the knife's been polished, by the way. And the the necklace has a new chain. And it turns out that uh, Nora, the Nora people, have been. Taking shit from her house, fixing it up, and then hiding it from her just as sort of a goodbye gift. Like, this entire time, Godot has been, like, really surly about Noel and, like, I don't trust him and, like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he turns around and says... he's the only reasonable person because Sarah just trusts Noel with her life to go on time escapades immediately. Oh, of course. And then he turns around and goes... Oh, here's a nice gift. Goodbye, wave. And it just doesn't work. It just feels really It's really stupid. Yeah, it's really dumb. And you can come back here immediately, actually, once you get to the other place in episode two, come back. And then Godot's like, oh, I guess I believe you now, because you were only gone a few minutes, but you seem to have aged so much. Ugh. What? (laughs) That's funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, He's like, I, I can tell you've seen some shit, but you only appeared to have been gone a few minutes. So I guess at the end of each episode, since we had such different experiences in 13 and we never really talked about it, we should at the end just talk about like character development, except Fletcher, who's not doing anything because he's already maxed out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are we doing with character development? At this point, I hadn't really done a whole lot. I deliberately capped myself because I didn't want to level up too quickly. Why? Mm. I don't know, because it gets like it's already not a great game. But, like, if I get strong too quickly, it's not going to be fun at all. No, but it'll just take longer, and it'll still be the same amount of fun. Mm. I don't... I disagree. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I don't really remember much of the progression at this point. I don't think... You don't get enough uh, CP to go around the horn once, right? No, you do. Oh, you do. Okay. So, I mean, I remember the first thing I did is I unlocked uh, Saboteur for Sarah and Synergist for... Noel or medic. I think one of them, one of them might've been a medic. 
Oh, no, it wasn't Medic. It was definitely Synergist. So, like mentioned in episode one, that was the bad choice because, you know, ATB gauge is what you really want to pick. But yeah, I was at this point, I was spreading around. Sarah was mostly focused on getting saboteur skills and getting ravager skills. Noel was getting commando skills and synergist skills. I only dump into one role at a time. So right now, so like by the end of next episode, I will have already maxed out Ravager and Commando for the respective characters. Yeah, I'm just about Uh, getting there. I, I, you know, I'm in episode four and like ability wise, right? Right. right. Ability wise is like 50 though, right? It's like 50, 60. Yeah. 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 I I just got to that point because after we talked and I then played further into the game, I started doing that. I started leaning way more into Ravager for Sarah and uh, the other one for Noel. And I I pretty much capped out uh, or commando for Noel. And I pretty much capped out their skills. And now I'm going to secondary skills. uh, And now it's so much easier, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely easier. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, I still don't know how to do the fusing with the with the monsters, though. You told me to, you know, give one of the guys fuse him to the slug commando. But I went to do that and it wouldn't let me. So I haven't gone and looked up like the table of fusion yet, like I would do in a Persona game. But I should at some point figure that out because I'm just kind of rolling with whatever I got. Well, I wouldn't bother with that anymore now that you have the ATB thing. That was just a temporary stopgap where what I suggested was just go grab like your mechs Mm -hmm. and then just spend the gill to max them out. Yeah, right now I have like the next level of monsters sort of leveled up, except for... Oh, man, uh, we'll get there. I don't, I don't want to talk. I don't burn cast for later because, you know, these these episodes are probably going to be shorter than average. Well, this one seems this one seems fine. OK, yeah, this, uh, this one this one's stretched out. Yeah, this one will be average. Uh, so what I'm doing with character development is Sarah's Ravager, Noel's Commando. We took ATB for both of them. Turns out I made the absolute best decision right away. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> as you go through, you see Caius and Yule watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be popping up all over the place. Yule. Yeah. They like to do that, time travelers. I have some other notes here about the Gog Magog fragments, blah, 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 uh, where it just says, researchers believe there are two Gog Magogs, and it's the name of the species, while others believe it is a Fauci that was punished for trying to travel and manipulate the timeline, so they just unmoored him from time forever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Weird. That's actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. No, like, the boss lore is kind of cool. Yeah. Fancy that. Oh, yeah. In the Historia Crux, it specifically says not even the Fauci could enter the Historia Crux. That's interesting. Also, there's this weird thing that says only those with the power of chaos can travel through it, which is weird because it's Sarah and Noel. Yeah, and they're not really working. Chaos is one of the one of the gods, right? It's like Etro. No, 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 you're right. It's it's not capital C chaos. It is a proper noun. Well, that's what I thought, like proper noun as in a god named chaos. Right? It's not a god, but that mostly comes into play on Lightning Returns. Uh, okay, yeah, it's fine. just an <laughs> elemental. It's like, what if antimatter was a thing you could fight? Yeah, all right. Well, it's Final Fantasy. Yeah, makes sense. Fucking, um, I just love that Lightning Returns is about fighting capital C chaos. So it's just the law path on SMT. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> no, it's pretty much it's pretty much FF five and three D because you're dealing with the void. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Wrapping it up, does anyone have, do you have a closing thoughts on the opening? Not really. I think it's great. I mean, it's really jarring when you first get it's into really it. really uneven. Like, yeah, if you, 
if you just came from 13 and you didn't have any context for this and you jump in, you just be like, what the hell happened to the series? But if you're along for the ride and like I said, if you're in for fun trash, this is a fun ride. And <laughs> it's just kind of like even if it the stuff that is like, quote unquote, dumb is fun enough or funny enough to be, you know, interesting. I like what they did here. Think about how uneven it is. So you go from Final Fantasy 13, where you wrap up all this serious character drama, into fucking full-on anime battle at the end of time, and then within five, ten minutes, you're chasing a cat around. Yeah, it's all over the place. I mean, like... A lot happens in an hour. Right, yeah, and that's what I, you know, that's what I said. This was a game made by committee, and it feels like it. This will definitely get crazier by the next game because Sarah is willing to go along with these things and lightning has no time for anyone's shit. Well, she never had time for anyone's shit. It's kind of like her one defining trait. <laughs> she had time for hope shit and what uh, a mistake. <laughs> Boy, I hope uh, you're ready for that again. Oh, oh no. My God. <laughs> We're going to rehash the so- one thing. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Lord. If you don't the know, hope- I'm not ruining it. Uh, the hope don't. thing is weird. I yes. haven't, like I said, this is my first time through this game, and I've not played Lightning Returns. This is all new to me. I'm a. Do you like it? It's pretty good. I'm, I'm liking I this. I don't want to be here when that happens. I don't remember what I hated about it because I am having a universally good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should I like li- <laughs> uh, live stream it to you, uh, Fletch? <laughs> Hell, I'll show up on the show if you still want. At that point, mm. no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm entirely... I love these back two games. Yeah, fuck you, Fletch. You got to skip the bad game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I did. Because I'm not part of the network, so I don't get paid for this. I just have to enjoy myself. Mm. Nobody gets paid for this. This this network breaks even, and that's good enough for me. Uh, Yeah, at least for now. Anyway, I am not leaving that in, by (laughs) the (laughs) way. Leave it in. (laughs) Fine, I'll fucking leave it in. That's up to y'all. Yeah, yeah. Pay us money, fuckos. (laughs) Please, please, please uh, pay for this, please. I'm editing the Kingdom Hearts show. I don't have anything to do with this one. Oh, Kingdom Hearts I, show. Huh? We're not having a Kingdom Hearts show. Oh, you don't? I have standards. I have standards. No, that's part of the Rice Ball Network. <laughs> oh, there's a network. Rice Ball Network. I didn't know there's Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good for y'all. It exists. I believe you mean donuts. Yeah, that uh, that joke has only come up 70,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> Every guest ever. So everybody <laughs> has played what is it? Fucking uh, okay, Ace Attorney. Apollo Justice. Oh no, it's not. Yeah. Oh, it's no, it's not Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney was hamburgers, right? Putting rice balls in hamburgers. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah All right, so you can get in touch. Read the thing I highlighted. <laughs> oh, I was about to, and then you interrupted me. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at LightXThrice or on our Facebook page. Please like our Facebook page. Please. <laughs> We've had one view that isn't me. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Stop saying it. <laughs> we should just stop doing all of this. Uh, you know, I should just like use that Twitter and just harass people that I know are into games just to be like, please retweet me. Please, please, please. <laughs> Maybe that'll that'll work. If you spend nice gifts on Redacted's wife, he will retweet you. I know this from experience. What did you buy? Was it redacted? Likes horses, and that's all I'm going to say. You bought a horse. No, I bought a bad dragon in the shape of a horse. Oh, oh my god, that was the joke I was going to make.
Yeah. A whole no! horse. Yeah. Not just that part of a horse. A whole horse. No, no, it's <laughs> that part of the horse. Um, no, it'd be better if it was the whole horse. It was like a whole, an entire horse that was made out of foam that collapsed down. <laughs> no, it was already 300 bucks for that part of the horse. I'm not doing a full-size one at that rate. <sighs> you know what? You know what? It's funny. All of us knew what that was. <laughs> Except for maybe Graham. Should we explain to the people listening if they don't? You should leave all that you in. Should, you should Google it with your safe search off. At work. Do it. I, I'm confused. I'll tell you when you're older. Oh, you don't know what a bad dragon is? Please don't look oh, at Oh, no, I know what a bad dragon <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. It's a dragon that isn't good. Doesn't do his homework. They make one in the shape of horses. Okay. Oh, well, that's big. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's the point of it! I bought the small, and it's still like eight inches. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ, Graham! <laughs> <laughs> that seems big! Uh, hey, Lord. it worked. Okay. And as far as I know, they didn't throw it out. Well, it's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of horse to throw out. Anyway, plugs, plug time, and not that kind of plug. Speaking of plugs, <laughs> zing! That, that that's a uh, you can listen to my other pod. Yeah, fucking, you can listen to my other podcast on the network. Magmar sucks. Where we stack rank all Pokemon based on how interesting they are, one at a time. Do you guys have anything to share with the listeners? Uh, yeah, Fletcher, tell us about your plugs. Mm. Well, I was the last chronologically on this list, so I was letting everyone else go. Don't ruin my segue! (laughs) But if you want, yeah, I'll tell you about my plugs. I'll tell you, you can find me at (laughs) baddragon.com, hellscaper.com, and theraceballnetwork.zone. Wait, you have your own page on uh, Bad Dragon? Oh, yeah. Just look for Fletch. Nice. Tell him I sent you. Do you have a coupon code? (laughs) As a matter of fact, just click the microphone at the top and enter LST, that's LST, for your discount. And you could get it in lightning and Sarah-shaped pink. Chris, was, when was this approved? <laughs> I told you I was going to make money somehow. Uh, fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have no plugs, uh, as per usual. I don't think there's anything. I can fix there. that. <sighs> <laughs> All right. How do you so- feel about horses? Uh, they're big. They're, uh, they run fast. How would you like a fairy horse? Because they have that too. Graham, how's the let's play going? I, you the know what? I'm just gonna let going. that go. I'm just gonna let that go. <laughs> this episode has been very online. Anyway, uh, let's play. It's still going. It's still good. Uh, at the time of this recording, I am just. I just got Cloud back into the party, and now I'm on the second or the last part of Disc 2. And I should also mention that I actually have a video up on my YouTube account on my playthrough of La Mulana and how incredibly long it took. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that in Slack. Uh, I'm definitely putting that in the show notes. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you find out for yourself how long it took. I don't want to say out loud. It's about one bad dragon. <laughs> God damn it, I couldn't get through that joke. Ah! All right. <laughs> oh, no. It is horse length. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, just, all right let's, let's, let's finish this shit. <laughs> uh, that's all until next time when we'll be talking about Chapter 2 The Brescia Ruins. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Ciao.
This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.